Hello and welcome everyone to episode number 21 of the Completed Podcast, where we talk everything Magic the Gathering related, with a focus on competitive magic and some friendly banter along the way. Today I have fellow co-host and RCQ winner, spoiler alert, B-Money, three stacks, aka Brandon Smith. How you doing, man? What's up? What's up? How's your week been? Just spoil the beans. I I had to, man. I I, <laughs> I cannot contain the excitement and just how happy I am for you, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, no, my week's going okay. Um, just got a lot. Uh, I mean, that's kind of sitting through a week at this point, but I just kind of have a lot going on with life right now. So I'm just trying to balance everything, make sure I have some time to kind of take a little step back and chill for a little bit but also uh you know a lot of things in the works so we've been super busy so it's uh life's coming fast i'll say that that's fair man but it, it's good news it's it's nothing nothing bad for any viewers that might be concerned it's it's all good news for him so <clears throat> news for me oh yeah no there's nothing no i'm just talking about like just life in general life is uh there's just a lot going on right now whether it's like playing magic or whether it's like a new uh exciting adventure going on in my life as far as uh me becoming i'll put this i'll we'll talk about it later when it when i actually have the contract in front of me but uh it's being worked on right now so as soon as the contract is completed, I'll tell everybody. But um, yeah, no, I just there's a lot going on. Um, I'll, I I'll most likely be moving soon, so it's like yeah, just one thing after another after another. Uh, and my current job is really busy too, so it's uh, you know, it's fun. You know, life is fun. Very true. Very true. What about you? How's your week? Uh it's been long, man. Monday I had to work overtime, but I mean that's nothing new with, you know, my type of job. Yeah. Um, working with engineers and stuff like that, you know, y'all you, you got to work on their time basically. Yeah. And their submittals and their dates. Um, but it's been good, man. Uh, just been playing a lot of Magic. Um, just been grinding a lot more, honestly. Yeah. Um, got to see our our buddy i don't want to disclose names but um you know what's going on with that but uh hopefully things start to look up for him and you know we're gonna keep him in our thoughts and you know just take it a day at we'll, a time we'll talk about it later for sure in a later episode but yeah we had a small tragedy on team metamorph but we will be releasing more information on that later on. So, yeah, <laughs> especially with with their discretion as well. Um, mm-hmm. But on a more positive I determine note, their discretion. What I'm, I am the king. I okay, determine okay. their discretion. Okay, yeah, you, you, yeah, you call the shots. <laughs> uh, on a on a more lighter note, uh, you won an RCQ this past weekend, right? I did. What would you better play? late than never? Uh, it was the second to la- I think this upcoming weekend is the last weekend to qualify for Atlanta. So I thought it was, it was the last literally... weekend. No, this upcoming weekend, the twentieth, I think, is the is the last RCQ I see on the calendar. So okay, yeah, because we were uh, talking about it, 
We were like, yeah, whatever. You just saved it. You just saved the last one. That's the one you're going to spike. And yeah, um, I've played in several RCQs this season. I think we've talked about a few of them. Uh, <clears throat> in which I've gotten to the finals twice. Uh, and I've top aided, I think, it, I have, let's see how many Eldritch Evolutions I have. I have you... seven Eldritch Evolutions. That's a uh, lot of top eights. So... Yeah, I've I've just not been able to finish the tournament strong, you know. Um, Wait, what are you, you talking know? about? <clears throat> what do you mean? I, I explicitly remember you texting me. You're like, yeah, I'm just kind of farming prize support. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna. <laughs> no, <lose>. that's a negative. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, no, I wasn't just farming prize support, but um, yeah, so I actually took one down this last weekend. Uh, I drove about two and a half hours to, uh, f I think it was Florence, Alabama. Uh, I think it was called a store called For the Wind Games or something like that. Um, and yeah, uh, I just basically was like, <clears throat> I'm not doing anything. I looked at um, Spice Rack like on Friday night. If you guys don't know what Spice Rack is, it's like a perfect website for finding events. It's spicerack.gg. It's is it's perfect for finding any RCQs or just weekly events anywhere near you. Um, shout out to them when they sponsor us, you know. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, so I drove about two and a half hours. Um, I brought two decks with me. Uh, I brought mono white humans, and I brought mono green. Um, and I had both deck lists written down and in their boxes, and. I was leaning towards playing mono white because I was like, you know, for me, I was just like, I've had a couple top eights with mono green, so it's not a very good top eight deck, I don't think. Like, I don't know. You just have to, you have to still run hot with the deck no matter what. So, uh, I decided at the last minute to play mono green, and <clears throat> I got a little discouraged in round round one. Uh, <laughs> so. I sit down and I'm like, I see my opponent's deck list like through the back of the deck list as it's sitting on the table. Yeah. And and I see four copies of Lotus Field and four copies of Doomscar. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, oh, this is the, the worst matchup. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, crap, this is the worst matchup. Um, But I end up drawing with him. So, like, I was like, it was a really weird matchup. He was kind of playing a little bit slower than most people. But uh, in game three, I had stone brained him twice in which I took out all of his doom scars and all of his farewells. So it was like only a matter of time before I killed him. Um, but he was kind of keeping most of my stuff like at bay for a while. But yeah, so I went, uh, I drew with him in round one, uh, round two, I played against blue black control. Um, just absolutely like skull blue drug black, man. like yeah, like the Narset combo deck or whatever. No, it was just blue black control. Like it was just like dig through times and removal spells and uh, that that extinction removal spell that costs four mana or whatever. Um, not extinction event, but um, like Path to peril. No, it's called like eat uh eat of extinction, eat to extinction or something. I don't know. Oh, it's um, got a it's got Croxa on the art. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's playing like cards like that, Fatal Pushes, um, and like, you know, it was just the blue by control deck. Like that's basically all it was. Um, so I I ran over them, um, and then the next round I played against blue white control. I ran over them. Um, so, so at this point, hold on, hold on. Sorry to interrupt you, but while we're on the topic of the blue white matchup. I want to hear specifics about that matchup because you know I hate that matchup as a blue white player. What do you, as the mono green player, what do you specifically? What is your goal in that matchup? Are you trying to go over them or are you trying to have just very no. fast starts? I'll tell you how I won both games very easily. Okay. Um, I played to layer of the hydro. Um, okay. both of the games that I won. It was by me attacking and killing him with Layer of the Hydra. Gotcha. So they don't really play much spot removal now. They play like March and the, like the lay down arms are sorceries. So like it doesn't really matter. Um, they can't like la uh, Layer can only get hit by Field of Ruin and March. That's the only two things in the deck can get hit by. And that's true. You know, I yeah. guess also the Wandering Emperor, but like. I was I I was very cautious in playing around the Wandering Emperor. Like I would make him tap out for us, like to counter a spell or to deal with something else before I attacked the layer. But I always made sure to like try and keep at least like four damage back from the layer. So like you know I had like five mana essentially available. But it was, yeah, it was just. I think that the regular blue white deck kind of run out runs out of like resources faster than most. Um, in, unless you have Teferi in play. Yeah, that see that's like, my I, that's my big issue with the mono green matchup is that I'm trying to one for one you and all your creatures have like these other an abilities. Infinite amount of text. Yeah, where supreme yeah. verdict kind of doesn't it doesn't make them null. You still get value from your creatures dying. So it's, yeah, it's like farewell or bust. And then by the time that I'm that we're in the stage of the game where I need to focus on card advantage to kind of keep up, that's when you have this like overwhelming amount of mana where my spells don't really like I'm spending two mana to counter your spell, but then you have like what, like thirty mana, like. Yeah, so so this is the, so game one. So I won game one, I lost game two, and I won game three. Right, the a prime example of what you're talking about was in our game one. Whenever he made a six six shark to block my um, to block my thorn or my my uh, whatever um, cavalier. So he makes a six six shark to block my cavalier, and he only has one card in hand. My mind you, like. He only had the Shark Typhoon in his hand, so he was uh, he decided that the best way that he could do something is to make a 6-6 six, six Shark and block my Cavalier, right? Because I'm just attacking. Yeah. Um, in which case, because he could not cleanly remove the Cavalier, I was able to exile the Cavalier, put the Cavalier on top of... Or put... Um, Another Cavalier Storm, on top? No. Storm the Festival on top of oh, my deck. I know. And, dude, then, oh. and then cast a, a three-mana... Like I cast a Pelucranos, drew the the storm off the top, and then cast the storm and just buried him. That's like I just, I don't understand. Like I I get a lot of crap when I'm like I hate playing against Mono Green as Blue White. I feel like they always just like they. No, I I think you, I well now playing them like so I didn't really play the matchup too much, right? 
But now playing the matchup from the other end, I can see exactly what you're talking about. I don't think the matchup's very good for the traditional blue-white deck. Yeah, because like every card has just this incremental advantage that kind of builds up. And then late game, you have like those scenarios where you kind of get to loop storms. Like a single storm is already backbreaking, but the fact that you get to flash it back and also like have the ability to put it on top, like it's absurd. And a storm hitting two planeswalkers is like it's almost a death sentence for for blue white. Like if that spell resolves at any point in the game, like if they don't whiff, like we are just so far behind. Cause sure, yeah. we can verdict your creatures and then Cavalier puts the same storm back on top. Like you still have your planeswalkers in play. Like you have like old growth trolls, like just like basically becoming a really good engine with Kiora and Nykthos. And you're just like, okay, well, uh, I guess it's farewell or bust, but then you still have a Karn and you have all these lands in play that you can naturally just start casting like big yeah. spells. Like so I'll, I'll say this. He, in game one, he Supreme Verdict me when I had two old growth trolls in play and I, I just put them on my lands, obviously. And you don't care. Then I also had, I also had two Wolf Willow Havens in play on lands. And so at that point, I don't really care about Nykthos at all. And he decided to hit my Nykthos with, like, hit my Nykthos with a Field of Ruin instead of my Lair. And that's what he died to. And so I was just like, it was one of those things where, like, you you, you choose, you pick your poison there because he, he, he has a really tough decision in the sense of, like, do I attack this card that generates, you know, uh, it was one, two, six, eight, nine mana because I had a keyword in play as well because he couldn't remove it. Uh, so I make nine mana and I'm able to do big, big things. Or <clears throat> do you leave the layer in play and run the risk of it killing you? And that's exactly what happened. He just dealt with all my permanents except for Kiora. And he dealt with my Nykthos. And I just tapped all my lands and attacked with layer twice and killed them. And it was just like, you know, it's it's a really you have a lot of angles of mono green, like you really do. Yeah, and it's it's I, not like a I'm gonna attack this game plan and and hope it works out. It's it's the fact that your main engine in the deck being like Nykthos and Kiora, like it just like th that's what I'm saying. Like as the blue white player, I'm too busy trying to deal with not only your creatures, but I also have to worry about your lands, I have to worry about your planeswalkers, and also have to worry about, like, the sorcery spells that you cast. Like, it's crazy. Like, Well, I'll say this. After playing so much mono green recently, I think that most decks don't beat mono green. Mono green loses to itself. I, I don't think that there are decks that beat mono green, if that makes sense. I think mono white. I think the best way I, I can put it... I think mono white's, like, the... Uh, Mono white and mono white. white's not even that good. Like that, it really that is isn't that issue. bad. They have to find brave. Like if they don't have brave, they just lose. Yeah, they get stonewalled pretty hard. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So like, it's not even like that is a good matchup either. It's like, and like, uh, that, I think the best way, like I said, I can put it is that there's not a lot of decks that beat mono green, and most more often than not, mono green loses to itself more than it loses to other decks. I do agree with that, um, which is the main reason why I, 
I kind of hated playing the deck. Um, yeah, see, I'm just lo- way luckier than you, so facts. it's like... But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also like... Uh, I'm kind of putting that mindset away, like, just because a deck shit on itself, like, at one event. It does suck that it was at a big event. Um, I'm kind of over that mindset of, I, me no have fun, me, me no play this deck. I kind of just want to start winning. Um, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, so I'll, I'll kind of run through the rest of the twist real quick. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Meet Blue White, um, round three, I play against, um... Or round four, sorry. So it was blue white, lotus field control, then it was blue black control, then it was blue white control, then it was uh I played against um yeah, I played against like red white uh I guess it's I guess it's like heroic, like red white feather, I guess. Um I died in game three because he cast Feather, like uh, the one and- that copies spells when you target it? Like that yeah. old Pioneer deck? Okay. Yeah. Six. Six. Um, okay. It was kind of like that. Um, but I died in game three to him having a single, uh, uh, whatever the Virtuoso card is, um, the 1-1 Double Striker from... Yes, uh, Verulent Virtuoso, I think that's the name of it. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's a 1-1 that whenever you cast a spell, it targets it, it connives, and then it has Double Strike. Uh, I died to him casting uh, Ancestral Anger, uh, three times in the same turn. Oh, yep. Good and then old. I, and yeah. then yeah, he so he cast ancestral anger three times in the same turn. So he was pretty much stonewalled, right? Mm-hmm. Like I stonewalled him. He could not attack. There was no profitable. I was attacking with a four four. Like that's that's where I was at, right? Yeah, and he's. I was like, okay, with... I'm cool. Like I'm turning the corner, right? Yeah. Then he's like, then he's just like he has like five mana in play, and he just goes ancestral anger. I was like, okay, uh, connive. Do the thing, put a one-one counter on it, draw a card, uh, you know, because he, he ancestral anger draws a card too. Uh, he's like, all right, ancestral anger. I'm like, okay, I guess, uh, you know, connive, put another counter on it, draw a card, uh, ancestral anger again. I was like, am I dead? And he's like, I think so. And I'm like, okay. Uh, and he just goes, connive, puts another one-one counter on it. So it's a four-four right now. Like it's plus seven. Yeah. From the ancestral angers, and then he cast the um, he cast uh, what the homestead whatever the homestead the one courage, yeah homestead courage. Yep. So he cast homestead courage. So he's used four mana at this point. So he casts homestead courage, targets it, connives, put another one one counter on it. So he's got five one, yeah five one one counters on it, and he's got plus seven from the ancestral anger. And it and has then, double strike. <laughs> and it has double strike and trample from the ancestral anger. And then he God's willing named Green and I died. Oh my god. Uh he dealt like twenty seven damage in one turn or twenty six damage. Dude, Illuminator Virtuoso. Illum- yeah, Illuminator Virtuoso. That's fucking cool. goes hard. When that Yeah, but sticks, he just like did that was the problem. Like he just did nothing for like five turns. Yeah. Five then, or six turns. Yeah. And then like all of a sudden he just like cast all these spells kill you and i'm like i i can't do anything about it like i'm just dead so i died to that guy so i was two one and one and i had playing for my winning in i get paired against rakdos sack i completely roll him game one i go turn one elf turn two troll turn three uh kiora tick down 
put a wolf of Haven on a land, uh, say, or put, and then play another um, elf. And then the next turn, I go storm, uh, put Nykthos into play, put something else into play, uh, make a ton of mana, cast storm again, and just like throw up all over the battlefield and just roll him. And then game two, he moles to six, keeps a one lander, and never draws a second land, and I just roll him again. Um, he kept a one lander with double oven and cat. And, and you carned him. No, I didn't carn him. Damn. I didn't carn him at all. He just never drew a second land, and I just was putting four fours and four fives and five sixes in play, and he just couldn't do anything about it. I was just attacking every turn. Jeez. Yeah, I never even uh, cast a card in that game. Um, but yeah, so uh, then I, I won the winning in. Um, I get to top eight. I'm like, crap. There is four control decks in the top eight. And I'm like, great. All right. Are they all so blue white? Nope. They're not all blue white. Okay. Uh, there is two blue white decks, a mono white control deck, and then I guess like blue standard. Green. Like standard mono white control? Almost. It was similar. Yes. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so <clears throat> then there. Were, I don't know if you consider blue green flash a control deck, but um. No, that's like a tempo I guess it's deck. A tempo deck. Yeah. yeah. So there's three control decks. So round one of the top eight, I play against mono white. Um, I kind of just do the mono green thing game one. Uh, I just put a bunch of value into play. Um, and they eventually just concede to me essentially attacking with Cityscape Leveler over and over again and just hitting all their permanents. Um, game two, uh, I think it's like turn six. Uh, I, tr I show the, the combo loop, and they concede. Um, and then top four, I played against the Mirror. Um, the Mirror match, I win game one. I lose game two. No, 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 I lose game one, win game two, and then win game three. Um, ga obviously, the monogram mirror is pretty self-explanatory. It's basically whoever can essentially go off sooner. Um, yeah. But the one thing that I do remember is three minutes before the tournament started, I was like, I don't like this main deck cityscape leveler. I'm going to see if this store has a Nicobolus, Dragon God. So I walk up to the counter, three like three minutes before the tournament. They had already made an announcement that we're starting in five minutes. I'm like, hey, do you guys have a Nickel Bullish Dragon God? They're like, uh, yeah, what, what, you know, which one do you want? So shout out to that store. Uh, they're awesome. Uh, but they were like, yeah, which version do you want? And I was like, I, the cheapest one you guys have? Like, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Um, I, I swapped the, uh, the Nickel Bullish for the, um, uh, for the city, Cityscape in the main. And in game three of the top four, that Nicol Bolas wins me the game. And so I was super, super happy with myself for making that decision on the fly and like then the, coming yeah. to pay off in the mirror match, which is the reason that it's in the deck. But he stone-brained my Karns in game three uh -huh. out of my deck. And the only way that I can essentially combo off or do anything to prevent, like him just kind of taking over the game was the nickel bolus well i drew the nickel bolus and, and did i you, cast it did you just use his his corn basically his corn's I, abilities i, or what, I used this corn so i i for so i had pretty much a stone wall set up like i had like two cavaliers in play two four fours in play 
and I just couldn't find a Nykthos, right? So I couldn't make a ton of mana. And um, and so I just ticked down and killed his Karn. And I was like, you know, tick down, kill your Karn, go. And he was like, okay. you know, untaps, plays a land, just passes back. And I was like, sick. Whew. Like I was sick. like, I, like a breath of like, f- like relief. relief. Yeah. I was like, oh, thank God there wasn't like a storm the festival or anything. And um, so then I play. I I just ticked. I ticked up on Nicol Bolas. Uh, drew a card. He exiled the card out of his hand. Uh, then I just uh, basically uh, develop, like just did a couple things. I think I attacked with like a giant, like, as big of a layer as I could. I think it was like a ten ten or something. Um, just because that's how many lands and like um, like wolf willows and stuff I had in play with Kiora. And so I attacked with like a giant layer just to like force him to block or either take like ten damage. And he ended up like just blocking with like a uh, a Pelucranos and like just the Pelucranos dies. Like, that's cool for me. Like, I'm trading nothing for something. Um, and then the following turn, I ticked down on the Nicol Bolas um, because he cast another Karn. So he cast the Karn, but didn't have enough mana to get anything relevant out of his board. Like, he didn't have a Nykthos. He didn't have, like, he ca- I think he had seven lands in play. So, like, the most he could get is a three drop. And I think he ended up getting... <clears throat> I think he ended up getting... Tormod's crypt to crypt me because I had like a storm the festival in my graveyard or something, and okay. so he like Tormod's crypt me and I was like, oh my god, I'm so glad he just played the card, and uh, so I ticked down Nicol Bolas, went and got the combo piece. Uh, I think it was Pestilent Cauldron, and then I just like uh, started the loop after that uh, of doing it, um, and yeah, so then I won that game, and then I go to the finals against Blue Green Flash. Which is like, yes, it is exactly what it sounds like. It is yeah, the, standard the kind of old standard deck where it's playing like Nightpack Ambusher and like um, it's playing like Nightpack Ambusher, Brazen Borrowers, Change the Equations, um, Sensors, uh, you know, basically all the counter spells. It's playing Rewind, um, which I think Rewind's really cool in that deck, to be honest. I think Rewind um, is sick. Yeah, I agree. And. Yeah, so he's just like counters my first couple spells, and I'm just ba- I'm just sandbagging these two storm the festivals in my hand for the longest time in both games, and then finally when he just runs out of counter spells, has a couple dudes in play, I just cast storm the festival. Both storm the festivals found two cavaliers each time, and I was just like bang, put a bunch of things into play and make a bunch of mana, and then uh, I think one I think the second game I ticked down. Oh, I kind of did BM him. I'm not gonna lie. I it was it was not intentional, but so game two, um, I have a decent amount of permanents in play, but I really can't attack profitably, mm-hmm. and um, I I have no cards in hand. I'm hellbent, and I have no storms in my graveyard or anything, and I knocked the top of my deck. <laughs> like no, nah, dude, <laughs> I nah. knocked the top of my. I'm up a game. I'm like. Pretty, I got a pretty good board state and I knocked the top of my deck. And guess what's on top of my deck? Fucking storm. Fucking storm. Anytime they knock. And he's like, out. "What else do you want?" And I was like, "I want the world." That's literally my words to him. Oh I go, God. "I want the world." <laughs> he goes, "He goes, I guess so." 
And I just cast Storm, and he just goes, yep, I don't think I can beat that. I was like, uh, you know, I put Kiora Karn into play and then just popped off from there, and I was like, I'm going to present to you a loop. And that's when he conceded, said good job, congrats. And then I won the tournament. So. Bro, now that's fucked up. What's nah, fucked up? You're ahead and you BM this dude? I wasn't truly ahead. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I I'm didn't have... Yeah, no, I mean, I... It, it, after I did it, I was like, well, no, it probably wasn't the best thing to do. But <laughs> I was hellbent, and I was like, I needed something to end the game. Like, sure. I wasn't I wasn't able to attack. I, I, I wasn't in a position to attack because he had, like, four or five wolves in play. So, like, he could just literally just, you know, throw his wolves to the wind, like, not care about them. Like, he was in no – and he just had, like, a couple brazen borrowers on adventures. So, it was like, if I – if I attack and he just triple blocks my cavalier and my cavalier goes away, then he can just cast the brazen warriors and start killing me. That's true. Because I don't have another thing to, you know, reach. Like I don't have any reach. That's so true. Uh, I, when I knocked the top of my deck, I was hoping for a storm and luckily there was a storm on top of my deck. So I did get super lucky. Um, but then I cast a storm. I put a cavalier and I think a Kiora into play or something or Karn and Kiora. And then I presented the loop, and he conceded. So, Ooh, yeah, I, I am now qualified for Atlanta. When so is that's that? Cool. When? Mm-hmm. When's Atlanta? Uh, it is the fifteenth through the seventeenth of December, I think. Uh, let me grab the sheet. Uh. Yeah, it's the fifteenth through the seventeenth. Oh, that's a, damn. Okay, that's of December like around the corner. Yeah, so the week it's the like basically the week even the week before Christmas. So oh, fuck yeah, congrats! We're all super happy for you. Yeah, I'm just I'm just glad I finally uh, got there after top eighting and going to the finals twice and the semifinals when I came down and visited y'all and just like like both of us got to the top four and we yeah. just you know, we just couldn't finish and like, I know for me I know that you. I, no no shade throwing your way but like i know you haven't you've been a little bit busier like with your life to not be able to travel during the weekends and like go do tournaments and stuff yeah it's okay and, like break. whereas like i have that i've been grinding like every weekend to go to at least an rcq i mean i've traveled as far as four and a half hours for an rcq just to go and top eight and then lose and then have that miserable drive back that we talk about all the time of just being like why did i just drive four and a half hours to lose but then this was like the validation of being like, you know, you might have gone to all these tournaments and done all these things, but, you know, here is your win and, you know, congrats for grinding it out and still, you know, trying to qualify, even though you've come so close a lot already. So it was kind of liberating to, to finally, um, to finally get the qualification this season and, and do it. Cause I mean, I was going to go to Atlanta regardless, um, but I didn't want to LCQ, so. No, I mean, I LC, I LCQ'd in Dallas, and I was just like not feeling it. No, dude, I I fucking I respect the hustle. I think you really deserve it. You put in the time, you put in the work, and it paid off. Now you're yeah, going to now, Atlanta, and now you're going to queue for the pro tour. Yeah, now I'm going to go to Chicago. So, don't you love it up there, Chicago? Mm-hmm. Hell no, that place is cold as fuck during the winter. I thought you loved that shit. No, I'm just kidding. It was nice. It was actually super nice. I was there for Christmas last year, and it was actually, like, kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, it is freezing cold. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, it was 
I think when I was up there for Christmas, it was like three degrees with like 15 mile an hour winds, which puts the actual temperature at like below, like four below or like seven below yeah. or something like that, which is like, which is crazy. But yeah. um, no, I think it's just like just being in the snow and, you know, being able to just because after a while, your body kind of gets used to it, you know? Yeah. Like, you'll you'll yeah. kind of bundle up, and then you'll start sweating, and then you'll be like, man, this really sucks. And then you'll take off your jacket, and you'll be like, man, it's really not that bad because I was just bundled up and sweating for the last 30 minutes. Yeah. And then you kind of used to it, so. Rare. It's not terrible, but it, it does suck for the first little while while you're in it. So when we all queue for the Pro Tour, um, then, you know, we'll have, to, uh, we'll have to bundle up when we go to Chicago. Most stuff, dude. So, how did that um, that drive back home feel after that RCQ one? Uh, I mean, it was dope. Uh, I had a couple people call me um, and talk to me and just say congratulations and stuff like that, which was super cool. But I would never call it's you. A, it's a little weird. Um, just kidding. I, I did. You weren't the you. only one that called me, uh, but yeah. Um, it's a little weird doing it by yourself, you know, but yeah. I'm usually cool with it. Like, I don't really care. I I'm, I don't mind, like, driving, you know, by myself to events. It doesn't really bother me. Uh, I think it's better than going to an event with someone and then them basically going super deep in the tournament and you not, and you just having to sit there. That um, is the literal so, worst, is when yeah, you go like, to a tournament and everybody else top eights and you're kind of just sitting there. Yeah, you're just sitting there, like, watching the, the world go by and, like... You know, like, analyzing the games and i don't know the last time i did that i kind of used it as a learning experience to try and learn like because i was not very good at playing red black at the time and the buddy that i rode with won the rcq and was playing red black and so i kind of like used that time to i i guess analyze the games and ask questions and things like that um so nah, sure. i kind of used it as like a learning experience but uh would i travel like that normally probably not i'd rather just go by myself to be fair That's like fair. Even even if uh, even after like I move and stuff, uh, I know it'll, it might be back there with y'all. But um, you know, if if nobody's gonna go to a tournament like that, I, I still don't mind traveling by myself. No, definitely. I'll go. I'll go grind by myself. I don't care. No, I mean now that you're gonna live closer, <laughs> like we used to drive to a lot of events together. But yeah, because I'd force you fuckers to go. No, that's cat. <laughs> that's cat. I just took a break after San Diego. <laughs> But, um, no, now, now that you're closer... I'll come knock on your door at fucking 8.30 in the morning on Saturday and be like, get your ass up, we're go. going to an RCQ. Like, okay. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely winning a tournament, like any tournament, really, like any high-stakes tournament, you know, I think gives you like a little confidence boost, um, you know, just moving forward. So I think that's super good. Um and yeah, I, I know. I, I uh, look forward to uh, to going and and playing a lot of Pioneer in pre- preparation for December, and uh, hopefully nothing crazy happens to the format. Uh, they might between now and then ban mono green essentially. Uh, so if they do, I think that would be a good thing. But I hope they do it with enough time to prepare. So I'll say that. I don't know. I- I feel like that's always gonna, that's always gonna be a doom and gloom thing about the format, um, like, 
people have been complaining about Mono Green for years now, and they've banned so many cards out of Mono Green already. I just feel like eventually they're going to find another deck that they're going to be like, that people are going to talk about the deck the same way that you're talking about Mono Green. It's just like, man, I don't know. It, it, okay, I want to clear this up too. Everyone says that the, the format of Pioneer is so play draw dependent. I was in the draw every single match of that tournament. Shut up, Mono Green every player. Every single... I don't give a shit what you, deck you're playing. You play two lands on turn one. Okay, relax. You're never on the draw. What are you talking about? Yeah, okay. Well, it, oh, okay, prime example. There During during the blue-black control player, I didn't have a single elf in play because they got fatal pushed every single time. Okay, fair. So they, uh, okay, also, they when I'm playing as uh, or blue white, one of the game or yeah, one of the games I got marched on one, so I just kind of did nothing for two turns. Did you not get locked um, down? I got locked down twice. Bro, that shit feels bad. Yeah, but I don't care. Like it doesn't matter to me. Like I don't know. I try and cast those like those like biases out of my head. Yeah, I mean you have to because think about it. If you go into a match being like. Thinking, well, Pioneer's very play draw dependent. I'm on the draw. I guess I just lose this game. You're you're not really in the match. You know, you're just like, well, I've been on the draw, so I'm just gonna lose. Yeah. So that's that tends to be unhealthy. I think, I think saying that Pioneer's a player draw format. If you're talking about it like stats wise, I think that's fine to do. Like, sure, decks have a better win percentage when they're on the play versus the draw, but I mean, yeah, realistically, that's every format. Um, maybe more so in Pioneer, but I don't think you should let that affect your your mental fortitude while you're in the middle of a tournament, you know? You just play your games mm-hmm. as they come, like, one at a time, right? Like, that's that's the best thing you can do for your mental sanity. Yeah. Because, like... If yeah, going- I don't know. I, I've gotten way better, like, mentally thinking about, um... Essentially, like, every game, um... I had this conversation with Travis Wu not too long ago in the sense of, like, you don't necessarily need to think about winning a tournament, you know? You kind of just need to think about how not to lose, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's, like, a huge huge difference, right, in the philosophy of, like, how that works. Um, And it's, it's something that, yeah, it's just... I don't know. One other thing, too, is, like, he always talks about, like, the core principles of, like, being, I guess, a a good competitor. And it's, like, keeping your health as a priority. Um, It's, like, a huge performance, like, a performance angle. Um, You know, you try and seek out the people that are, like, at the top of the profession. So, like, you know, try and get, you know, constructive criticism from the people that are at the top. Um, And then also, like... It's like focusing on the process uh, and like trying to just have fun, right? Yeah. And if you do that, then the, like the winning will just basically take care of itself. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just I, I stopped worrying about trying to be the guy that's like, I'm going to go win this tournament because I am going to go win and stop like stop thinking about it like that, um, and stop like trying to visualize or imagine myself winning. Um, cause it's really, I mean, at the end of the day, it's out of your control. That's true. Um, yeah. So, and, uh, and also another thing too, is like reacting to when you're losing. I mean, 
Like, I think it, I, he's, you know, like I said, we, I talked to Travis like a little while ago, like a few, I think it was like last week or something like that. And it was just like, he said, it's like good to consider scenarios of like when you're losing and how you'll react to like when you're losing. And that will eventually like actually set you up for winning because you'll be like better prepared to turn around a losing game or bounce back from a loss, which is like a super good piece of advice. So it's like shifting your focus to like, it's shifting, it's shifting your focus to your behavior and not necessarily the result. And yeah, I, I think that was like a super huge like piece of advice. Um, and I think it works in like all aspects of life, not just like, you know, um, not necessarily magic in general, but yeah. So that's not like trying to work on like the mental aspect of playing magic, not necessarily work on the play patterns, the play patterns and like the sequencing and stuff quote like unquote, that. quote unquote, getting better. And like, like things like that. Cause I think getting better is inherently like it's, it just, it, it comes with the territory essentially. Yeah, because you, you eventually hit a wall, right? in your play. Yeah, because, like, you eventually hit a wall, like, where you know the ins and outs of your deck, and you know, you know, how to properly sequence and play around cards, and then after that, it's, it's that, stuff that's like, out of your control to some degree. Yeah, and that's what I noticed, too, like, while I was playing on Saturday, is, like, I was just kind of having fun and, like, not really focused on, like, totally focused on, like, I have to win this match. It was more so, like, focused on winning and playing tight and like it's it's similar to poker too you know yeah like in the sense of i mean you play a lot of poker i we i've played a lot of poker in my life and it's one of those things where you know you can do everything correctly and still lose right yeah it's the same thing with magic yeah you can do everything correctly and still lose but how how you lose determines like and that's where your behavior comes in is like when your behavior comes in and you can control how you lose, then it doesn't necessarily like negative negatively affect you moving forward after you lose. That's how poker players are so good at playing poker. Like yeah. the Phil Ivies and the Daniel Negranus. Like yeah, because a lot of people have like this result based like thinking where it's like I did this one play this one time and I lost the hand, but just because you made the right decision and lost doesn't inherently mean that your decision was wrong it just that like that's not what that means it just means that yeah okay well it happened you lost that's unfortunate but it was still the correct play at that moment in time like yeah like it's like a math play in poker right like you're like for instance you're let's just say you're in a weird position in the on the table and you're you got like three bet and you're you have pocket kings the percentage That's of exactly you. That's exactly what I was going like, to say. You read my fucking mind. It's yeah, like, like, I have kings and somebody all ins. Like, I'm not yeah, going to call because, oh, I'm afraid of aces. No, I'm fucking jamming. Like, well, I mean, yeah, but like, it also, like, it depends on how the, the, the whole entire table bet. But what I'm saying is, like, just because someone shoved on you right there and you have pocket kings and you tank on it for a couple minutes and then decide that it's, it's probably in, in the math correct to make the call based off of the equity that you're going to gain by you know, making the call, it's like, is it bad if you lose, for instance? Like, if somebody flips over pocket sevens and flops a seven, right? Oh, but like, it happens. Was it, was it a bad call because you decided, like, no. hey, I have kings and it's smart for me to, you know, the pot size, the amount of equity that I have, uh, you know, 
all these all these factors that come into play was it a bad play for me to call there no was it correct yes but that doesn't mean it's going to pay off 100 percent of the time exactly it'll pay off 65 percent of the time and you just hit the 40 you know the 35 40 percent yeah and it's like you know those things just happen and it's the same thing with magic i think that you can only control your behavior in magic in the sense of if you're attitude is in check then the rest of your knowledge and your understanding and your ability to play the game well just kind of goes hand in hand with that and like i know myself from the past whenever i would lose a match or like lose a game very close game or i would get top decked or something like that like i would it would negatively affect me in the sense of i would be like Man, like this game sucks because I, you know, my opponent was so lucky. Well, I stopped thinking like that now. I'm just like these things happen. I can't, I, I can't do anything about it. So the only thing I can do is have a good attitude about it, move on to the next game, and, you know, and then hopefully win that one. You know, most definitely. So, and and playing scam, I've had to work on that. Like, ironically enough, because yeah, sure, I scam them. But at any point, they can just draw a card that gets them out of it. So I've kind of shifted my view of, oh, I'm playing Scam, I win the game on turn one, when that's what everybody makes it sound like, right? But once you start putting in the reps with the deck, like if you're playing against a Leyland Binding deck, like your grief is gone if they ever draw that, right? Like yeah. th there's a lot of play patterns where it's like, okay, I set my opponent back a couple turns, now I need to push the advantage, right? Like... Yeah. And it's like, you know, you kind of just have to get used to your opponent drawing a really good card that kind of, like, fucks you, for lack of a better word. And it's like, okay, well, it was bound to happen. Like, my opponent is drawing cards. Like, it's not like griefing them says, uh, you know, your opponent can't draw cards the rest of the game and they have to play with the current hand that they have. But it's, it's yeah. definitely something I've had to kind of get used to a lot more often. Cause yeah, yeah. Because, you know, coming from control, it's like, okay, well, you know, I, I get some say in this. But when I'm playing Scam, it's like, you got to draw it, like, straight up. And, yeah, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. For sure. No, so. I completely agree. I think that, um, I, I think that my mentality of Magic has changed over the last few months. Uh, and I think it's changed for the good. And so I would like to ride that momentum and continue to play well, but also not get upset when I lose to things that I can't control. Because That's I don't fair. play counterspell. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... I mean, facts, yeah. You don't cast counterspell. But it's like... Yeah, no, I mean, I, I I kind of feel the same. I kind of just went, I kind of just went off on like a philosophical tangent. But. Well, no, because it, it could it could truly. I mean, the the opposite could be said for you. You know, you could have been like, for example, you're the scam player. You scammed me, and I drew nothing but lands off the top, and you just got a free win. You yeah, know, for sure. and it's like, at the end of the day, you're you're playing against one person. Like, every round, and it's like, you know, there's only one person that's going to win. So, theoretically, yeah. like, it, it's a math 
game at the end of the day so it's like okay well they can draw this they can draw that whatever but i don't know i feel like it's more of a mental game but i mean i don't know i, magic? I think that no magic is definitely like big part yeah. mental um yeah i was talking about like them drawing answers or top decking oh. you like yeah people but tend I mean, to freak like, out a lot about that for sure yeah people tend to de- definitely vent about it but um yeah, I definitely just changed. I, I'm trying to change my mindset on the game completely to where I'm not negatively affected by the the things that happen math wise, because those things can happen and will happen constantly, and there's nothing you can do to really prevent those from see and from I, happening. So, I, personally, that never happens to me in paper. It's always fucking Moto. Shout out Moto. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Moto has the biggest bad beats ever, dude. That's a big meme, but that's fair. Man, it just hits yeah, no, different when it's on a fucking client. Because yeah. you just find anything to blame it on. You're so oh the oh, fucking yeah, the fucking <laughs> shuffler's rig, dude. Yeah, the shuffler's rig. Oh, it's a thought sees bug. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. it's the dang it's the dang scry bug. It, you know, it's Yo. like oh, I can never win a die roll. It's like anything <laughs> you can think of, you just find it. Yeah, <laughs> anything that's a computer, you're just gonna find a way to put the blame on it. Your, just, your opponent's decks whitelisted or your opponent's counts whitelisted like yep they're like, paying for moto premium yeah exactly <laughs> yeah anything you can think of on moto for sure it just makes it more fun to kind of you know <laughs> do that type of shit but yeah, at the end of the day like it's that. like it's not true you know yeah for but. sure i mean there is probably some type of issues with certain things in moto but they're they don't have the money to explore them so yeah it is what it is. True. That's why they started releasing basics and stuff on the shop and on Magic Online. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're like, buy this sealed product that you'll never use. <laughs> uh, I, I love how they're, they kind of, I guess they are aware of it, but, like, these, like, rental bot services, I wonder why Moto hasn't integrated their own already. Because I think they would, I, I don't think that they... So there's a good podcast where I think it was like the Crew Three podcast. No, it wasn't Crew Three. It was the I forgot what podcast it was. Um, but there was a Magic podcast where the guy that's like the lead developer for Daybreak on Magic: The Gathering Online mm-hmm. was on their podcast and was talking about all these things. And he was talking about how he's trying to, you know, um, you know, it's not necessarily easy to 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 go back and fix things, you know, like it's not necessarily easy for a, a program that's X amount of years old to go back and be like, Hey, let's redo this, sh- this entire shuffler algorithm. You know, like it's not hard to go in and like code and program that whole, it's not easy to go in and pro like code and program the whole thing, especially when on like on paper, there's nothing wrong with it technically, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you know, and and they they are trying to. They also talk. He also talked about how they they probably will never get rid of the economy on Magic Online. Okay. And the reason being is because a couple of reasons. They would they would negatively affect a lot of people on Magic Online. That is true. Uh, also, your ticks would basically mean no value. Like, yep. Your your ticks would basically mean nothing at that point. Mm-hmm. So the ticks would basically essentially cease to exist. And the monetary value for them essentially ceased to exist. So therefore, there would be no reason to sell ticks in the first place. So you just essentially, he's like, if you got rid of the economy, you'd have to basically do everything the economy does 
or you don't you have to allow certain people to monopolize it which is not something they're willing to do so yeah yeah it was a super cool episode though i'm gonna have to um, give it a listen then i'll, I'll have to i'll send, me the send link. it to you yeah, yeah I'll, send, I'll send you the link to it uh it's pretty good um but yeah what do we, we are shifting our focus though um i'm shifting my focus from pioneer not me i'm still on moto no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm shifting my focus from Pioneer now uh, because we have a we are all going or you and I, sorry, not we all, um, you and I are making the drive to SCG Columbus. In pulling two weeks. up. We're I'm pulling, pulling up on up. you. Um. Yeah, uh, I'm excited. Pick them. Fun a little Pick road em. trip, you know. The the road trip is going to be lit. You know, we I haven't done a road trip in a while. You that know? is true. So it's gonna be cool. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe if you if you feeling crazy, you leave really late Wednesday night. You get up to Nashville, and then we go out for a little bit. You know, show you around town a little bit. You know, <laughs> just after a you six hour. You don't have to do that. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, now, I'll definitely bef- uh, before we dip out of town on that Thursday. Uh, we'll definitely have to go to one of my favorite spots to eat. That'd be cool. Oh, yeah, dude, for sure. Uh, get some get some good food before we make that drive. Dude, it'll be fun, too. I, I, yeah. I, I haven't had a Magic magic Road trip in so long. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be fun for show. I am, I am very much looking forward to it, dog. Yeah, so. So, Pick'ems. Um, pick'ems. we got to do Pick'ems. What do you, th- what what do you think what the do you top mean? three best decks at that event are going to be? Uh, but I don't see them changing modern anytime soon, so nope. I would have to assume the the top three decks will probably be um, Scam, mm-hmm. Tron, mm-hmm. and something similar in that sense, like Scam or excuse me, Scam, Tron, uh, Rhinos. That's a good one. So I like I like those top three picks. For me, I would have to say Scam, Rhinos. And hear me out. I've been seeing a lot of it lately, and I think my third choice is going to be Murktide. Because I mean, I don't. I think I, Mer- got you. I think Murktide has a favorable matchup against Scam, but I'm not really. It's. I think it's pretty close. I don't to know. Them. It's favorable, but they do have a lot of cantrips, and now they have Preordain too. That, so. That's the big thing. Is Preordain. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think those are the top three decks for me. I'm just yeah. pulling out playing scam, so I'm just gonna try to play tight. Yeah, yeah. Out. I uh, I think I I think I'm just gonna jam amulet, but I am gonna see if you could snag Tron from um, Cameron so that I can possibly think of switching to Tron. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm sure he would let us borrow it. So. I don't know. I just uh, it's either gonna be it's either gonna, it's gonna be some big mana deck, so it's either gonna be Titan or Tron for me. Um, I d- I just don't know. Titan, it's just it's so hit or miss right now. Because it's like you can either run into like a million bad matchups. Yep. Or you can run into like the god matchups of just like where you're just running through the tournament like a madman with your hair on fire. Yeah, dude. It's just you get like the Tron like, matchups three rounds in a row, and you're just like. Yeah, you're just like thank bang, God. bang, bang. <laughs> you know, like you're just like thank you, Jesus, uh, and then you just start you just start taking them down, like, and so, um, but yeah, um, 
yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited. It's going to be a fun road trip. And uh, hopefully we get to uh, get to have some success stories when we do it. We'll, we'll, we'll dive a little bit more in depth about like the modern format probably next week or something. Yeah, I think um, uh, starting next week we're going to pivot more towards modern. I think we're going to yeah. do more in-depth like meta reviews. and. Yeah, we might have a done. guest next week uh, if I can – if I can work out a decent schedule with the person. Sick. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think having a guest would be super cool uh, to uh, have somebody else that is a content creator and someone that plays a lot of the modern format, uh, you know, on the podcast to kind of talk about the way they view it. So, that'll no, be fun. Yeah, that would be super sick. So, hopefully yeah. we'll have that for you guys next week and... Was there anything else you wanted to cover before we close out this episode? No, I think I'm good. Uh, yeah, if anybody's playing in the last chance uh, weekend of P- or R- RCQs, I almost called them PPTQs. Uh, <laughs> Shout out. RCQs, yeah, I know, right? Um, yeah, then, uh, you know, good luck. But other than that, uh, yeah, no, I'm good. Well, alrighty, guys. Thank you guys so much for joining us for episode number 21 of the Completed Podcast. Make sure to leave a review. We do appreciate it a whole ton. And make sure to go follow us on Twitter at team underscore metamorph. Leave us your suggestions there. And if you guys need anything else, please let us know. We'd be more than happy to cover any topics you guys might want us to talk about. And we wish you guys a good rest of your week. And like B-Money said, good luck in any RCQs this weekend. Or if you're attending any of the bigger events, uh, we wish you guys luck. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. Peace.